0: We're gonna be diving into a message called posture. Can you say posture? And we're gonna start off in some scripture. Kiara, you just about knocked me off my socks. Wherever, hey, you reading out of the Psalms this morning? Did you read Psalm 149? 100. It's like almost identical to this. It's amazing. But I was just like, wow, thank you. You know. So this is Psalm 149, 1 through 4. And why don't we all just start off by reading this whole thing together. Praise the Lord. Sing a new song to the Lord. And His praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Israel shall be joyful in His Maker. The sons of Zion shall rejoice in their King. They shall praise His name with dancing. They shall sing praises to Him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will glorify the lowly with salvation. Isn't that good news? I love this, though, because it's instructing us to praise him. It's instructing us. It even says, hey, dance. Whoa. Dance for the Lord? No, no, no. Y'all ever see Footloose? Footloose? Footloose. You know? all the things, like, no, no, no dancing. Well, listen here, if you're dancing is glorifying God, get your dance on, okay? You know, ain't nothing wrong with dancing. We've actually been instructed to do so as a form of worship. Can you say worship? As a form of praise. Can you say praise? Praise. Now, listen, my goal here this morning is not to manipulate a single human being. I don't want to manipulate you. I don't want you to to become who I want you to be. I want you to be who God wants you to be. And you know what I know God wants you to be is free. You know what I know God wants you to be is unafraid of people. Come on, I need a bigger amen on that. Unafraid of people, secure in who we are as his children. We grow up and we get so serious And it's so sad. We weren't designed for this stress and this weight. We were designed to be his children. Free. Loving. Sometimes throwing temper tantrums. Have y'all read the Psalms? (laughs) David is just like a grown-up toddler, and that's not a diss. That's a compliment. Seriously. At least he's not, like, passive-aggressively holding things under the radar. Hello, Midwest. Midwest. You know what I mean? At least he's being honest, at least he's being real, and at least he's expressing genuinely his heart for God. This morning I want to talk about genuine expression. I want to talk about the invitation for us to get outside of ourselves a little bit and show in our external posture the internal posture of our heart. Some of y'all are really freaking out right now. You're like, does that mean Stephen's going to ask me to move? Perhaps. I might. We're not doing aerobics this morning. At least I don't think we are. We'll see where the spirit goes, you know. At least that's not the plan. But again, our physical posture can be a vibrant way to bring expression of our inward feelings and desires for God. Now, some people might be like, God doesn't need me to raise a hand. He knows I love him. Well, for the married folk in the house, you know how well that works. Yeah. Uh, sh- Kara, Kara's my wife. Kara, she knows I love her. I don't need to reach out for a hug. <laughs> Kara knows I love her. I don't need to tell her. Kara knows I love her. I don't need to give her the most romantic and amazing and deep kiss she's ever received in her life. Come on, married folk. You can kiss like you can kiss like like you know what I mean? You can kiss, you know? It's okay. Kissing is holy. What I'm saying is, is I feel like we've kind of we've forgotten, because there's there's different metaphors in scripture for our relationship with God, right? And and they can show certain aspects of our relationship. For for example, father. Hood and us being his children and there's a lot of wonderful things we can learn in our posture with him there's kingship lordship there's a lot we can learn in our postures towards him and there's also the bride can you say the bride, the bride. so there's a there's a romance now fellas in the house you might be like well that sounds gay chill out this is, this is an opportunity for you to be intimate with, with God in a way that I think would be very healthy for all of us, okay? So when I say romance, I don't mean the same kind of romance that we have with our wives or our significant other, but there is something romantic, something beautiful and intimate and vulnerable that we can step into with our God. And part of that can be shown by the expression of our physical posture. Can y'all see what I'm saying? So again, I don't want this to be, listen, clap four times so the Lord's presence is here. I want this to be, let's clap for the Lord for what he's done. Let's reflect on how good he is so that our, and, and we can even like yield to him in the midst of mourning and watch him turn us into a place of joy. Like sometimes you gotta take a step before you feel it, church. Sometimes you need to take a step before you, because f- you know what? Even, even if you just take this in terms of natural working out, anybody who works out knows this. Especially when you first start, the hardest thing is making the decision to do it. It's like I, I have a machine. I have a rowing machine that sits in a room and it looks at me and it's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, "What's up?" Leave me alone. <laughs> you know? But you know what? The hardest part is just sitting down on the rower, maybe getting all the clothes and stuff on, and sitting down, and then guess what, baby? We're cruising, and I'm enjoying it. There's no real way to do a standing fake row. I can't do it for you. I'm sorry. We're talking about dancing, but I don't know how that would end up, you know? But what I'm saying is is sometimes... A little step outside of your comfortability to step into something that's good for us and such a blessing to God is worth it. So this is your invitation. Listen, church, I, again, I know where we are. I know where we live. And I know that a lot of us come from different church backgrounds, okay? And so, again, I just want to tell you it's okay when we're worshiping to move around. You don't have to stay glued to your seat, okay? You can leave your seat, you can come up here. There's purposefully extra room up here, partially so I don't spit on you, you know? But also, mostly so you can come up here and we can worship together and we can move freely. But I don't want that to be pressure. I want that to be an invitation for us to enter in and just to celebrate him as a family, amen? So we're going to talk about posture this morning. Before we dive into the specific um, different kind of postures that we're talking about, I just wanted to give a little bit of a, a pastoral warning about what I am and am not talking about. Okay? Um, so we're going to take a look here at Matthew 6, 5. And anytime that I have words underlined up here, if you would please um, read that with me. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. And he's speaking specifically about prayer can you say prayer Um, this isn't necessarily talking about the context of us coming together to worship our god Um, most times when you do see talk about worship there isn't a lot of restriction on it it really is come together the instruments the shouting let's go you know but when it comes to this he's talking about prayer and it says and when you pray you are not to be like the hypocrites For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. So what I don't want this message to be misconstrued into is, let's put on a show. If you're not the loudest and the most fancy and the most expressive, then then you're not... Whatever. But you know what's funny? The issue isn't being seen by people. It's doing something to be seen. That's what this says. To be seen. It doesn't say you can't do these things. It says to, or they, they will be so that they will be seen by people. If our motivation for expressive worship is to look like a really good Christian for all the other people, then we're off. But if we are expressing ourselves genuinely, God loves that. God loves that. And I want to set us free this morning from judging each other. From like, because the truth of it is, is some of us, I'm going to read this because it took me a moment to even get the, the, the words for it. Not doing something because you don't want to be seen by people can be just as self-centered as doing it to be seen. Not doing something because you don't want to be seen is still fear of people. It's just a different form of the same thing, y'all. So listen, you could have the, I'm here for a performance for all of you. You know what I mean? You can have that heart. Just as wrong as the, I don't want anybody to see me, same thing. Different forms, same thing. It's fear of people. It's reverence for people. And how many of y'all know we're supposed to fear the, the Lord our God and have a reverence for the Lord our God? Yeah. Hello, I need a bigger amen on that. Yeah. And so we freely worship, celebrate, move for him. Amen? Amen. Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? This is something worth asking ourselves. Or am I striving to please people? Y'all ready? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. We can't serve the Lord our God in the way we're called to if we're being held back by the opinions of people. We just can't. We just can't. Now, it doesn't mean we completely ignore our brothers and sisters. There's tons of Scripture that talks about not being a purposeful stumbling block. Hello? Y'all know about this, right? That's in the Bible, right? But also, I think it's unfair to recognize someone who's freely worshiping is a stumbling block. I don't think, I don't think that's fair. It reminds me of, um, there's a story in scripture where the disciples are hanging out with Jesus and there's a woman there who in the midst of everything that's going on, she gets down on her hands and her knees and she breaks open this perfume that's like a year's worth of wages. She anoints Jesus' feet with it And starts wiping them with her hair. Now, how many of y'all think someone might be like, excuse me, we were talking. They actually had negative feedback and judgment to what she was doing. They started saying, how come you're breaking that perfume? Why are we spending so much on Jesus' feet and not on the other needs? Hello, how many of y'all know Jesus' feet accomplished the needs of humanity? so we can waste it all on him, and it ain't a waste. It's the best investment we could ever have. But the truth of it is, is other people were sitting around going, hmm, while this woman was pouring out her heart for God. Maybe it would be less of a distraction if we were all, and I'm not saying all copying each other, but if we were all Worshiping God like that, just freely. And and listen, I know, please, know that I do not take the atmosphere that we have in here for granted. I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that I can feel comfortable bawling my eyes out. You know, there's pastors that wear makeup. I could never. (laughs) Could you imagine? I would look like a clown. Just like, I just be like... You know, it just couldn't happen. But I'm so grateful that, like, we are a people that can come together and pour our hearts out authentically to him. That we can sit down and not feel judged. We can stand up and not feel judged. We can raise our hands to him and not feel judged. We can bend the knee to him and not feel judged. We could lay flat on our faces and not feel judged. And if that's not the case, I want to see change. So first of all, to people who are willing to take a step, and I mean any kind of step, I'm not undermining or ranking Christians. That stuff grosses me out. But for anybody who's willing to just step into what they feel like God is showing them, I'm saying thank you, and please continue, and let's see more. And to those who maybe you've been sitting on the sidelines watching the woman anoint Jesus' feet, and judging. Stop it (laughs) and join in. Join in. And again, you don't have to copy. That would be phony. That would be fake. That'd be ridiculous. But engage your heart. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Let's revere him. Let's worship him. And let's celebrate him together. Amen. When we see each other worshiping, let it be an encouragement. Um, This reminds me, Denise, I didn't ask you for permission. Can I share? Okay, cool. Denise is like, I don't know what you're about to share, bro, but maybe you do. Um, She told me this beautiful story about how, so we asked recently, because we're doing those relationship surveys about how you came to know the Lord and how you came to know the church. They're on the front desk. If you haven't filled one out, please do. But we were asking God Company, our young adults group, just, hey, you know, how did And I asked Denise, I said, so what when did you decide to like stay at Love Church? When did you decide that this was your community? And she said it was in worship. And she she had grown up in a more traditional context, you know, and she had seen Jamie, Jamie Buck, um, in where hi Jamie, an elder gentleman full of wisdom, and She saw him just hands up, worshiping God freely. She said, wow, I've never seen that before. I've never seen a grown man give his heart to God like that before. And you know what? It encouraged her heart. Something real must be going on here, you know? And so she decided to stay. And again, I'm not saying we worship for that reason. I'm just saying... It can be such an encouragement. Us stepping into the things that God has for us is an invitation to others. Even if it's not explicit in a question asked, oftentimes people will follow or people will glean, and sometimes we hear about that stuff, sometimes we don't. Here's your invitation. Be real. Step into what he's showing you to step into. Don't be afraid of people. Amen? Gary did these, these doodles. Aren't they awesome? Yeah. Again, gifts. Gifts, gifts, gifts. Matthew 6, 5. I like the way that this is put in the message translation. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either all these people making a regular show out of their prayers hoping for 15 minutes of fame do you think god sits in a box seat (laughs) i think that's really it's a fun way of putting that again the message is a paraphrase but sometimes it it'll slap you you know we don't want a theatrical production but a genuine expression sometimes genuine things happen just organically but sometimes, and when I organic is a funny word, but sometimes we need to know the why behind something and even see it in scripture for it to be something that we step into. And so that's kind of my heart today. This is not an exhaustive list of all of the ways that we can worship, okay? So if you're holding me accountable to that, I'm sorry. The rest of the time we have will not fulfill that. But my hope is, is just to say, hey guys, these things are scriptural. These things are ways that for so long have been ways of expressing our heart to God. Does that sound good? So Psalm 141, verses 1 through 2. says this, Lord, I call upon you, hurry to me. Listen to my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be counted as incense before you, the raising of my hands as the evening offering. Can you say evening offering? offering. Now you see, what would happen in temple um, ceremony is there'd be two incense offerings going on. There'd be a morning offering. Can you say morning morning offering? And an evening offering. You say evening offering. I like that it's not just one or the other. How many know God wants your whole day? Yeah? yeah? And, and so incense burning, what that represented, and again, it can represent a lot of things, but one of the primary things that it represents is our prayers going up to the Lord. Our prayers going up to the Lord. So one of the things that our hands raised can represent is God, I need you. I have a lot going on and it's all yours. It can be lifting of our prayer. And you might be like, well, worship's not supposed to be about us. Hello, you are in relationship with God. And he calls us to cast all of our cares onto him. Why? Because he cares about us. So it is worship to obey him and to step in and say, God, I'm not trying. I surrender to you. Hands up. Evening offering, incense. Hands up. Like, us giving him all of our stuff. It's so beautiful. It's funny, because, like, I think we know hands up when there's, like, a threat. Like, freeze, hands up. Right? And that's, that's like, a hands up, because if I don't... When we surrender to God, it's the only thing it threatens is your pride and your lordship over yourself. And I'd say those are two amazing things, to be threatened and sacrificed and thrown out the window. Amen? When we surrender to him, we get to experience him. And how many know he is good? Yeah. He is good. Yeah. Woof! Psalm 28, 2. Hear the sound of my pleadings when I cry to you for help, when I raise my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Now, how many of y'all know temple worship has changed? Oh, did, did y'all not know this? Are y'all still like killing animals and is there a big curtain between you and God? Okay, y'all are doing some things that I need to talk to you about because we're not supposed to be doing that anymore, okay? Jesus made a way for us to worship him in spirit and in truth, wherever we are. A woman once upon a time said, hey, Jesus, where are we going to worship? Where are we supposed to worship? And Jesus is like, hey, let me tell you something. There's coming a day when you're going to be able to worship in spirit and in truth. And how many know the Holy Spirit has been poured into your heart by God? He's in us. And so, but here's the deal. Just because he's in us doesn't mean we should take him for granted. And so what are you going to do? Like, you could do that move, I guess. Holy Spirit, I'm worshiping you, temple, you know. But for me, raising hands is still a great example if I'm worshiping you, God. I raise my hands toward your holy sanctuary. God has a place of safety and peace for you. Just, thank you, God. Another thing that I find cool about the evening offering, uh, we'll find it as we kind of dive into this, Luke 23, 44. It was now about the sixth hour. Can you say the sixth hour? And darkness came over the entire land until the ninth hour. Now, the ninth hour is the time that the evening offering would happen. Okay, so back in temple worship, the evening offering would happen at the ninth hour. So what is happening at the ninth hour when Jesus is here to show us exactly what God is like, when Jesus is here and he's he's making the greatest sacrifice we could ever know? Because the sun stopped shining and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. And having said this, he died. We're going to dive right into John 19 30 to round out what Jesus said. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, so again, this is at the ninth hour, the time of the evening offering, he said, It is finished. Can y'all say, It is finished? And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Two things that I think we can raise our hands like an evening offering and mean in doing so is, Father, I entrust to you my spirit. Father, I, I, I trust myself to you entirely. I, again, it looks like that. Lord, I trust you. Even if it looks like that. And also, it is finished. Come on, whatever you need has already been taken care of on that cross. Did you know that? And one of the best things you can do is go, I I know it doesn't look like it. I know there's a lot of things going on. But one thing I do know is that it is finished. It is finished. You know what I'm saying? So our hands up can, ah, can, can be such a beautiful representation of so many things. The veil is torn. It, says, it said, let's go back to the previous scripture, please, Denise. The veil of the temple was torn in two. Thank you, Lord, that I can come directly to you. Thank you, Lord, that the veil has been torn and nothing stands between us because of what Jesus did on the cross. Thank you, Lord. You know what I'm saying? Can you all see that throwing our hands up like the evening offering can be an impactful and, and, and expressive way to worship? Okay, maybe not. I didn't hear many yeses on that. Are y'all starting to see this? It's surrender and declaration. Surrender your needs, declare the work is finished and that he wants to help and that he already has. Lastly, hands up you can be like daddy, pick me up. Now, now I'm I'm newish to fatherhood. My son is Three, I feel like I've gotten 10 years older, so I don't know what new means. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> holy moly, you know? But one thing I do know is when my son stretches his arms to me, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. He's, he's like, he'll run to me. Like, I'll put my arms out, he'll run to me, he'll hug me, and he'll say, I love you, Dad. I'm just like, oh. if he gets hurt, he raises his hands to me. Hold you, Daddy, That's what he says. It's beautiful. And, and I want to help. I mean, you know, we, when we get hurt, we can do all sorts of things. I've also carried my son when he hasn't put his arms up. And he's in pain oh man you're signing up for black and blue eyeball like man it's like it's war you know what i mean you're getting knocked in the face with the back of a head you're getting slapped with a flying hand you know but when he's got his hands out to me he wants me he knows i can help and he wants my help and it shows that via his posture we can do that in worship Hebrews eleven six, 6. It's in the New King James Version. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I think one of the ways we can diligently seek him is by bringing the stuff that we believe in here, in here, out here. We can do that with our words, We can do that with our actions and loving one another as he loves us. We can do that via our posture in worship. So again, when we raise our hands, and you don't have to complicate it. If it's just like, yeah, I just want to raise my hands, then beautiful, do that. But some people need to be able to go, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And it's scriptural for you to do so. So I just encourage you, you can yield to that. Next up getting low on your knees and laying down can y'all say shaka like boom shakalaka like that kind of shaka you know there's there's a hebrew word um and what it means the, the word is pronounced i mean listen guys i'm not a jew i haven't studied hebrew you know so like i'm probably mispronouncing it a little bit but it sounds a lot like shaka okay But what it means is to prostrate yourself, and and to get down on your knees, and sometimes it even goes beyond your knees, and it goes fully laid out, like this. Now why in the world would we do that? Did y'all hear my bones cracking? (laughs) Bros 33, cracking is healthy, someone said. hear it's air being released from my joints because that's healthy i don't know robin probably knows Um. (laughs) but laying down kneeling down what does that mean psalm 95 come let's sing for joy to the lord let's shout joyfully y'all can shout did you know that When we say, let's lift up a shout of praise, it's not just filler. John was ready. You want to? Let's lift up a shout of praise. So if y'all are ever mad about shouting, take it up with the Bible, okay? Take it up with scripture. Um, Let's come before his presence with a song of thanksgiving. Let's shout joyfully to him in songs with instruments for the Lord is is a great god he's a great god can you say great Great. and a great king above all gods in whose hands are the depths of the earth the peaks of the mountains are also his the sea is his for it was he who made it and his hands formed the dry land y'all ready come let's worship and bow down let's kneel before the lord our maker for he is our god and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand bending the knee even back in the day was a recognition of someone else's authority i'm sure you've heard bend the knee in like tv shows and stuff like i will not bend the knee Like, listen if you're saying i will not bend the knee to the lord like there's something wrong this is a posture of of humility this is a posture of recognizing that we are a creation and he is the creator and here's the funny thing you know when you think about these shows and stuff and you think about bending the knee to an authority you know i think that we think about like oh well bending the knee to a cruel authority or we're bending our knee to a king who's mistreating or, or will whatever, he's the good shepherd. He has a pasture for his people. Bending the knee to him is actually just entering into the very thing we were designed for. Relationship with him as our father, but as our maker. We're not on the same level. Our maker... You are not God. He is. He knows the mysteries. Our maker, our great God. A good king takes care of his people. A good shepherd takes care of his sheep. John 10, 11. Jesus said this. Don't y'all love how scripture just like works together with itself? God is so good says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus said this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's so amazing. We're like, we're bending our knee to a God who died for us. Who went as low as he could possibly go for the sake of you. That's who we're bending our knee to. Isn't that beautiful? And just for the record, a shepherd is substantially more intelligent and aware of what his sheep need and how to get it to them than they are. You are a sheep. Now, I know sheep has all sorts of, you're just following whatever. Listen, if I'm a sheep to my maker, the Lord Jesus, then I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. Following him, yielding to him. He knows what I need better than I know all I can do. And he's like, I got you. I got you. I made you, I know you. I know what you need. Hey sheep, what are you what are you doing over there sheep? Come here. I got you. Cuz we get off course, don't we? Our God is so good. And we can bend the knee, we can come to the hand of our shepherd. You know what I mean? We can follow him. The smartest sheep is still a sheep. He's shepherd. Okay? And laying down, so laying down is representative like of like absolute greatness. And again, I'm trying to bring words and instruction to things that sometimes you don't even think about these things that you're doing. Like, I remember the worship team one night um, before rehearsal, I just felt like the Lord had put on my heart, showed me kind of in a vision, us as a worship team, laying on the floor, face down in a circle. Some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, what kind of church am I at? You're at that kind of church. Welcome. We love you. We're glad you're here. Read your Bible. There's weirder things, okay? I promise you, much weirder things than laying on the ground in a circle. But I I didn't even really know why. You guys remember this. It was just like, I feel like I saw it. I feel like we should do it. And you know what happened? We laid on the ground, and we were so blessed. And God was showing us things that we needed to see. I think we were all crying. I was crying, you know, crying, crying, yeah. Just bawling on the floor. And why? Because the floor is holy? No, because of the posture of a yielded heart completely to him. That is Holy. That is holy. And so I just want to encourage you. If you feel like you need to lay down, lay down. They're green pastures. What? Bring a pillow. Yeah. I mean, listen, even, even the little sacrifice can be good. But I remember getting up. I was definitely like, oh, yeah, you know. But it's worth it. That's it. You're, oh, yeah. And you're cracking bones and all that stuff. It's worth it, you know. But if you're at home, put the pillow on the ground. Might, you know what I mean? But the, it's fine. You don't have to like beat yourself up to worship God, you know. So last thing we're gonna talk about very briefly is dancing. Yeah! Anybody? <laughs> dancing! Everybody's like, huh? we're going to talk about dancing. Now I don't know what comes to your mind. When you think about dancing, but again, we're talking about dancing for the Lord, amen? We're not talking about the club where everybody's bumping and grinding. You start doing that in here, I'm going to be like, hey, stop it! You can't even get mad at me. I'm going I'm to stop that. Nope. But guess what? There's a freedom of dancing, of just like childlike celebration praise joy in the midst of any season that i it, it's such a beautiful expression of our trust for god and it's such a genuine expression of our desire for him and just what he's done psalm 30 10 through 12. hear lord and be gracious to me lord be my helper you have turned my mourning into dancing for me you have untied my sackcloth and encircled me with joy that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I love that we've he's encircled us with joy. Some of us are too cool to be in the joy circle. I'm just saying some of us are too cool. Oh. <laughs> Good for you. How's the experience out there? He's encircled us with joy. And I'm just saying, like, sometimes, sometimes, and I'm saying this from experience. Again, I've said it before. I go to the wedding, and I watch people dance. But deep down, I know they're having more fun dancing than I am watching. Deep down, I think they're experiencing a level of joy. I remember we danced at Kayla's wedding. Holy moly, guys, I danced. I danced. Y'all know was really cool. I danced with Pastor Paul. Y'all know how he laughs? <laughs>, laughs. It's like the old like he's watching. So don't worry. This isn't like when he's gone. Disrespect. You know. He's watching this. Pastor Paul, we love you. Your, your laugh is great. You know. But I don't know if y'all remember George W. Bush, like the, the junior one. You know. He goes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Pastor Paul does the same thing. That's how he dances too. <laughs> it's just like a bigger version of that. You know. It's so rad, but I just remember it in my mind, you know. But I remember we were having so much fun. And you know what else? We didn't need booze for it. We didn't have to be wasted, or we didn't need the liquid courage to do something. There was a beautiful thing going on. There was, there was an encircle. And how many know God is for marriage? Yeah? So, this whole thing was like, a, I got, listen, I did the ceremony, so I know it was a Jesus wedding. They didn't say I do, but it was still a wedding. I forgot to say do you and do you. Like the most critical part of a wedding. Talk about a rookie officiant mistake. Good night. It's really lodged that into me. Do you? Did I say it? Do you? Again, do you? But sometimes we refuse to engage in God's circle of joy. Don't be too cool for the joy circle. Don't be too cool for it, you guys. And I'm talking to me, too. Don't be too cool for it. Dancing is an expression of joy and thanks. Now, fellas in the house, where are my guys at? Exactly. That's why we're talking about this. That's, that is why I am about to talk to you. I say, where are my fellas at? Yeah. I get like one like, whoop. Guess what, boys? You can dance if you want to. I'm just saying. I'm sick of ladies being the only expressive ones. You know what I mean? I don't want to be, want to be effeminate. Well, talk to David. Talk to David about that. Like, listen, David was like pretty much borderline in his undies dancing with the Ark of the Covenant coming home. Well, that's not very manly. (laughs) Also, talk to David. Okay? Men, I have a scripture that's for you. And ladies, you can take this too. And any virgins in the house can take this too. Jeremiah 31, 13. Y'all ready? Then the virgin will rejoice in the dance and the young men and the old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy and comfort them. And give them joy for their sorrow. Young men, you can dance. Old men, you can dance. Virgins, you can dance. Non virgins, you can dance. We can dance. It's an expression of joy and gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Last scripture, and then we're wrapped up. I wanted us just to land reading this together. Y'all ready? Praise the Lord. Sing a new song to the Lord and His praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Israel shall be joyful in his maker. The sons of Zion shall rejoice in their king. They shall praise him with dancing. They shall sing praises to him with tambourine and lyre. The Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will glorify the lowly with salvation. Can we give our God just a shout of praise? Come on. Yeah, thank you. God, you're so good. You are more than worthy of anything that we could bring before you. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I thank you for your leading. and I thank you for showing us that you take pleasure in your people. I thank you for showing us as a people that it brings you great joy to see us celebrating you openly and freely and expressively. Holy Spirit, we love you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for, for keeping any of us from getting our eyes on each other. Because that can also be a trap of a message like this. We don't want that. We want you. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you for just showing each one of us how to bring what's in here out here. I thank you for holy, yielded postures in Jesus awesome name. Can y'all say amen? amen? Amen. Awesome.